What is up, everybody? Welcome back to the VV Vantage Podcast. This is me, Will, and I have my co-host, Mr. V. Today, we have a very special guest, probably one of my favorite VV YouTubers. I took his advice from his video to buy two tot for 500 bucks each back in August 2021. And that's been my best VV decision so far. So Chad, aka NFT Parrot, welcome to the show, man. And thank wow, you so bro. Much thank you so much for having me, man. I love hearing that. I love hearing that, like, you know, <laughs> these videos uh, actually mean something and that, you know, it benefited you. And, uh, you know, even still now in the bear market, it's still at a 2x. So, yeah, man, I'm really happy to hear that. Yeah. And thanks for all the work that you do, man. Bro, my pleasure, man. And thanks for all the work that you guys do too. And I'm really excited about this, like, you know, this new podcast that you strung together. And I think podcasts, like I said, it's where the real gems are at, no pun intended. And, you know, I could tell that you guys, you know, both have a lot of expertise and a lot of collecting strategies. And obviously, Will, we've done an interview, you know, before as well. So it's nice to see that we've got some more, you know, key voices coming out and, 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 you know, making some, some impact. So I appreciate it, man. Yeah. So in this interview, we have Mr. V, my co-host. So Mr. V, do you want to get started? Sure thing. Sure thing. So uh, Chad, so one thing that I do like to talk to people in spaces about is how people came about in the market with VV. So personally, just so for context, personally, I came to VV out of frustration because of the whole Robin Hood fiasco. If you remember the GME uh, situation, right? And it was it was a an expensive lesson. Let's say I, I got I got mixed up in that mess, and that nudged me in the direction of learning about crypto and and all these different projects and what they mean and having a little bit more transparency and being able to access things 24 7 as opposed to just when the stock market's open right mm. so for me i kind of got nudged to crypto out of frustration and out of an expensive lesson let's say and then several months later i found my way because of hearing about omi and it being tied to Vivi with the digital collectibles and the big IP, that's how I came about joining the the ecosystem. Mm -hmm. So my question for you is, how did you come about joining Vivi? And was it more of you just satisfying that curiosity of exploring new spaces? Or were you kind of pushed in that direction because you found that other, let's say, assets were not as much in your best interest hmm. yeah it's a great question and uh yeah sorry to hear that you got uh tied up in that i think a lot of people <laughs> you know at least you weren't in the ftx scenario or luna Ooh. or any of those so i guess everything's relative but yeah man i mean you know similar to you i was you know involved heavily on a lot of the reddit pumps that were happening with like amc at the time and the shorts and all that kind of jazz and i think it was in like sndl which was like a weed stock and like oh yeah you know, I was in a bunch of that stuff and I've, I've been like investing for like five, six years before that on like a, just like traditional stocks and, and more like high risk kind of thing. And so then when I, crypto kind of came around, I was like really interested in it because I was like, saw how quickly things could change and like how you could do a five to six X sometimes like overnight. And I think to be honest with you, that was probably my initial draw. And so that's what I was looking up. I was looking up like some, you know, 1000 X altcoins that I can throw money into and, and, you know, Omi came up on this everything currency video and I was like, whatever, like I'll throw money into it. And I, you know, obviously before doing that, I wanted to research more about it. And then I saw Vivi and I was like, hmm, this is kind of odd. Like, you know, these digital collectibles are pretty pricey. I was like 80 bucks for like this toy Batman and then still wasn't really sold on it and then went on to Telegram. And everybody on Telegram was like talking about what it meant. They were like, oh, this is the first DC NFT. It's the first Batman on the blockchain. And then it just hit me like a ton of bricks. I was like, oh my God, All right, like we might be encroaching on like a digital revolution. And then this is the first Batman on chain, which I knew from comic collecting, which if this is like a detective comics number 27, you know, potentially if it's not the same weight, it could even be, you know, even a piece of, of the action. I was like, I just want to, you know, get in on it. So I ended up buying like 18 Todd's from the store because Rizzo and all that stuff was already sold out. And then I went, I told like everybody I knew, I was like, you got to get a Todd, just, you know, buy this. And, and so I, a lot of, a lot of my friends bought Todd's and sold in the hype that hated NFTs. And we're still thankful for me on that. <laughs> and so that's kind of where it started. And then I think, you know, to be honest, I think it was just like, I thought that they could 
like really take off. And I thought that just the world didn't really figure it out yet. They didn't understand it yet. And I was like, man, if we do get something like Marvel or Disney, which we ended up getting, you know, things could really start to fly. And so that was like kind of, I guess, the trajectory of how I got into it, man. And and then I think I bought like $5,000 of Omi that 6X'd and then went to like 30 something K because I bought it at 0.0027 and I went to like 0.16 something. And then I sold it and bought a bunch of NFTs. Beautiful. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so that's my little journey. That's awesome. That's a that's a nice transition, and it sounds like you're you're sold on it, and you're confident enough in it because of the let's say affinity to it, and you're familiar with it. Like you were saying that you were collecting comics before. Yeah, so I like Pokemon cards, comics, Digimon, Yu Gi Oh. Like I have definitely have a pretty big collecting background. Like even like I had like at one point like a Shadowless Charizard PSA nine, which it's not you know crazy, but it's not like a first edition Shadowless PSA ten, but it was still at the height, pretty pricey. And so like I you know just come from that kind of background, so I think it was easy for me to I guess understand what the potential could be right away. I guess yeah. Fantastic. Fantastic. Well, I mean, I'm sure the community is grateful that you found your way over, right? Well, <laughs> yeah, over the past few years. So since you have a, a background in physical collectibles over the past few years, since people were stuck at home because of COVID, then this people started collecting comic books and Pokemon cards. So there was a hype around it. Is that hype still around? And because a lot of people got onboarded into collectings, right? That's why you, we all saw the prices of Pokemon cards on, and these comics skyrocket over the past few years. Is that hype still around? And you think people have moved on or it's going to be sustainable long term? Mm, that's a really cool question. Yeah. So I think that, you know, during that hype cycle, I think a lot of it was to do with the people being like bored, like you said, like stuck at home. You know, it was a worldwide phenomena where like everyone was literally locked up. Almost, you know, every country had the same kind of standards where, you know, you had to quarantine, you had to stay at home. And so I think a lot of people started like, you know, having a lot of extra free time and like turn to something that they enjoyed or to keep them occupied. And so I do think that there was a pretty major run up at that point um, because of that. And then simultaneously, there was like almost like an advancement in technology because there like was more eyeballs on it. And so, you know, more companies like even Zoom, you know, almost like 4X, I think the stock price just because, it, you know, it was so much more needed now. And so I feel like it kind of like, in that short time frame, you know, did transfer a lot of people into this new world of like, you know, digital collecting or of like, you know, being more accepting of kind of this uh, evolution. So I think that is a component. And I do think it's tapered off a little bit for a few reasons. I think it's like people are a little bit less interested. It was kind of like a macro wave pandemics kind of closed off now. So they're more outside and, you know, more enjoying their old things that they used to do, coupled with the fact that like the economy you know, is really, you know, taking a major hit right now with inflation being really high with the potential for, you know, World War Three and all these different things. And then on top of that, there was probably a lot of demand for like NFTs and not a lot of market share. So I think that's why Vivi also catapulted. Um, and people have to remember that now we have like more and more NFTs on Vivi. So like, if you look at like a, maybe let's say a 10 year timeline, we, we can expect easily 200 plus million NFTs on Vivi. And, you know, even if we have a 800% increase in the amount of people joining the likelihood for some of these price points to go higher is, is low on, because, you know, obviously we have a lot more options now. And so that's why my understanding of NFTs from the get-go was always about finding which ones are going to have like macro significance and be not be infinite. So like, that's why first appearance as an example, always meant a lot to me because I was like, it's a one and done and it doesn't matter the utility or if there's a second print run or mint run rather, or, you know, all the subsequent like Batmans that they put out there from other platforms. Like I, I have a little bit of safety knowing that this is like the only one. So I think that'd be kind of my answer to that. I think that, you know, there's still going to be a lot of interest long-term. I do feel like with augmented reality and virtual technology, where like you can just have your AR glasses and reading like a, a comic book on the way home from work in a train is going to like excite a lot of people. And, you know, we could see a lot of mass adoption, but I just don't know if we're going to get back to like crazy price points, unless you're looking at like some kind of insane NFT, like, you know, the first incredible Hulk, like that has only like 10 editions or something like that, you know? So that's kind of, that would be my answer. Yeah. So I guess we are about to enter March, which is going to be a big month 
for Vivi, how are you managing your gems to get ready for that? Or are you taking this opportunity, this very long bear market to stack the collectibles that you are interested in? Yeah, man, you guys, I got to write questions like you guys. These are good questions. <laughs> yeah. So right now I would say that I'm, I'm really looking at, again, like that macro lens. So as much as there might be like a lot of things dropping, you know, there might be a lot of good flipping opportunities where I will hold some liquidity just to ensure that I can. But anything that I do flip, you know, is not something I would ever promote. So I would never hype something up. Uh, so for instance, like that green Lambo that you saw me picture, post a picture of is, is something that's going to stay in my vault. So what I'm trying to do is again, like macro collect so despite like the mcp actually being like a really strong incentive to get like raffle tickets my conclusion to this is like if i'm holding gold bricks i don't want to like sell gold bricks for pennies and hopes to get more gold bricks like i already know what i have is like worth a lot and so you know like i'm looking at like the big things so like what was the first comic on the blockchain for marvel okay marvel's comics number one just slowly stacking those you know fantastic four number one like looking at like you know spider-man batman superman like the big stuff and the other piece to this is like the whole go chain fiasco where we can't really have like clear data on the go chain regarding like if like the Todd or Superman was indeed the first, you know, NFT on the blockchain regarding that that fandom. I am a little skeptical about that too, so I would like to see that be secured before I make more of a position there, but I am sticking to like Darth Vader, Walt, like those kind of things where I just know that it is secure. And then the other thing is I'm making speculative bets. So I'm like looking at like we always talk about first appearance on the blockchain and like in some instances like hulk as an example you know already came out but in a two dollar comic and i'm like if we ever do get blockchain purists that really care about that potentially that's something that like will be a collectible item so i'm kind of like looking at all angles but yeah for the most part just macro and and just slowly stacking them and i'm in no rush i'm kind of like just dcaing i'm you know if everything goes to zero i'm totally fine and yeah just being really you know, calculated on, on how much I'm going to throw in and really excited that like, there's not that many people that are thinking like we're thinking right now, because I'm like, this is an opportunity just like it was a year and a half ago. Yeah. I, I know Mr. V has recently shifted his strategy from specimen collecting to stacking. Do you have any thoughts, Mr. V? Well, I, I think a lot of it has to do with what our priorities are in real life, you know, and that, that has that plays a large part in how we're influenced one way or another. So I think that's a really nice segue to my follow-up question for you, Chad. And that is, uh, what would you say are probably your top two or top three priorities in real life? And how do those priorities influence your activity on Vivi? Mm, uh, yeah. So, I mean, I guess on, like on a larger sense, like, you know, like I guess my number one priority would be like to ensure that like my family has a good living and that like, you know, stable income and, and that kind of thing. So like, that's like my first priority, you know, my second one would be like health, uh, you know, mental health, my physical health, all that kind of stuff. And then the third one would probably be like family, like ensuring like, you know, social connections, relationships. And so Vivi, you know, plays kind of on those strings, like in the sense that like, I want to create more friendships on here and the sense that I do see some of these assets having potentially like a massive ROI where like I do think that like you know if Miles Morales Secret Rare hits 100k one day like you know you could be sure that I'll be trying to sell it you know as much as I want to hang on to that and be the cool guy like I'm also like you know I know that would really help my family and I so I think like you know those always come first and I think that's why I'm also can be really genuine about like my perspective on on vv because it's it's not necessarily like my priority and and then i guess from like the vv lens my my one thing that i'm really trying to do in the goal of my channel is to better understand the value and significance of top tier digital assets and to see like what the long-term uh potential is for them and like getting really smart people like you guys uh, you know, on my channel or me coming here to like have that kind of discussion so that we can start to refine some of these principles that aren't speculative. So we can actually come up with some like evidence based, uh, you know, not advice, but I guess, you know, groundwork where we can kind of lay a foundation and say something like, yeah, first appearance is important. Like, you know what I mean? And it's not like there's a difference of opinion. Like it can be something that's objective based on like sales data and things to that nature. So you know, it's kind of, I was, a, I guess an answer was a little bit all over the map, but uh, you know, that's a little bit about my personal life. And then I guess how that relates to Vivi. No, thank you for sharing that. And uh, you, you did mention 
uh, health as one of those top three priorities. I, I think I could probably speak on behalf of most of the community who are still active to this day, where uh, I lose a lot of sleep over Vivi in <laughs> for a variety of reasons, right? Like from January of last year to now, I probably probably lost some sleep over the unrealized losses, let's say, right? right? Uh, so kind of keeping even keel in that respect, trying to, most of us are. Another thing is maybe losing some sleep over missing out on a, a sniping opportunity or missing out on a drop due to internet connection not being the best maybe maybe you know maybe some family event conflicted with being able to stay active on the market on a big day on a big drop day you know a lot of things can happen mm -hmm. uh so how do you think your health has progressed or regressed from january to today and how have you been able to cope with with the the different dynamic of the market right it's a cool and this is january 2022 right when we had that crazy bull run yes mm -hmm. okay yeah and you know feel free to be as brief or as detailed as you'd like you know this yeah. is it's i know it's a dense question because th there's there are a lot of feelings that we go through and we all struggle with a lot of different things in real life and just to have vivi weigh this toll on many people who have never maybe i i don't know about you but for me i've never experienced a half million dollar swing in an account to you know pennies on the dollar you know what i mean mm -hmm. just depending on how much you've been stacked on certain items um that's not me that's not my figure that's not my what i i had in unrealized gains at that point but it's just an example right yeah yeah. So, uh, so that's a cool question. You know, I think, I, I think I've got a lot of different things I'd like to share. So I think, you know, I could start off even before that, that cycle, and then I'll get into that cycle as well. But, you know, back in the day I was tipping Todd's to escrows, right? Like I would do a deal for like four night wings and then tip a Todd to an escrow <laughs> to be like, here you go. Thanks. You know, not realizing that that Todd was worth more than all those night wings combined at the time. <laughs> do you know what I mean? And so because they were still available in the store and you know despite me still having that vision to be like oh let me buy 18 i never thought that they would like override potentially nightwing because that's where i saw like rizzo was still like 2k compared to todd at that time so it was like my calculation that like oh maybe todd can get to like 500 bucks and nightwing would be worth like you know almost two grand or something right and so it, it, it's interesting so you look back at that and i'm like man i could have <laughs> i could have bought an extra like 80 todds and i'd be a millionaire i could have retired from my work as an example like that's point one right that's the starting block the second piece to that is i was chasing scarcity back in the day because we thought that we the more users that we would get that they would have more and more edition sizes meaning that like something like a donny of 150 editions or less would never be repeated and i was wrong in the sense that because like at any point now we have even one of ones um but we don't have fa's right and so what i didn't realize as well at that time is that popularity creates scarcity in a sense because you know if you look at him it has like 300 editions and it's cool and whatever, right? And if you look at like Darth Vader, it's like a character known by like pretty much everybody in the world. So like when you look at like mass adoption, let's say we have 50 million, you know, there might be only like 20,000 users interested in him where like 25 million is interested in Darth Vader. And so despite the edition size being like 20X, still a lot more people are going to buy it because they feel as though it's a more important asset and it, it speaks to them, right? And so, you know, those are all things that I had to learn. I had to pay my tuition. And then, you know, come the uh, little bit later, I had a wedding and uh, a house to pay for, a town payment on a house. And my wife and I were like, well, my wife actually said, I don't want to pull out our savings because, you know, you're into these friggin' JPEGs. That was her idea at the time. She's like, you're going to sell that shit and you're going to buy you know, you're going to help contribute to these things. And, you know, I sold everything off, like most of my stuff off. And I'm talking like Rizzo's, Golden Mooglies, like a bunch of Todd's, like Spider-Man Secret Rare, like three or four of them. And, you know, for like, again, pennies on the dollar, right? And, uh, you know, to be fair, it bought a house, like it put a 70 something thousand dollar down payment on a house in our wedding. And so, you know, and our wedding was another 60,000. So it was like, you know, pretty amazing to think that like, I, even though I didn't get like a hundred X, I still got some gains that were pretty significant, but yeah like i just missed that next wave because then in september of 2021 right i think yeah it like started to go up that's when we first started marvel comics number one started to fly and i think even sean from comics and crypto can tell you i sold him a spider-man secret rare for like 1.3k us at the time because i was just like i just had a lot of shit and i was like let me sell things off and so 
so then I guess like long story short, I had to rebuild. So from there, as things were getting hyped up, I had to be exceptionally like creative and intuitive in the market to like flip. And that's when I got really good at like flipping low mints. And, you know, during that Disney week, that's where I made a major comeback. I made like something like 35,000 and flipping that week from getting in and out of mints. And, uh, and, you know, at that same time, you know, you're not sleeping, you're getting like panic attacks at night, like you said, because, you know, you, you need to stay hot. Like before you know it, if you don't buy that one collectible, it does a 2x and then you're out. So like you needed to stay on it and so like that's when like you know i I remember i think i flipped like i always say this but i flipped like a low mint hat 43 hat or 42 hat for like 9k profit reinvested that into a bunch of low mint else's flipped all of those and then just kept scaling from there and uh and so yeah man so then all of a sudden then i bought my spider-man secret rare back but at like 17k uh and then that went to 100k and i didn't sell then because at that time i thought here we go we've made it baby four days watch out and so like you know you're looking at like a ton of mistakes and at the same time you're also looking at a ton of wins and like i did sell more things off a little bit after that major peak and so still made some really good money but you know i think that's the 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 thing that people need to understand is that you can never time it perfectly like if the the chances of you like entering it at the bottom and selling at the top like i always thought like yeah spider-man secret rare can hit 100k i never thought it would be six months you know what i'm trying to say i never thought i could 100x in six months and uh so that's just something to be mindful of and i guess like the mental health piece of that is difficult because you know you can go back and, and recalculate these things in your head and be like damn I wish I would have done that. Or I wish I would have done this, but you got to look at like the things that are good. And, and now I'm smarter because of it and, you know, build a brand because of it and now have more value to share through my mistakes. And uh, yeah, man. So I think that's, that's it. And I agree with you. It sucks sometimes when there's a big drop, we had the Lambo drop this past uh, <laughs> weekend and I was at my family's house and we were having breakfast and I was like, I got to go to the bathroom, <laughs> you know? <laughs> and I'm glad I fucking did because the Lambo went down to like 870 something or like 860s and I sniped it because I only had 900 gems loaded and then it ran back up. So like, you know what I mean? So it's a good thing that I did take those two minutes in the bathroom to to wait. <laughs> yeah, those are the those are very tricky. It's it's a delicate balance, right? Because you have this expect you have these expectations that you have to meet in real life, especially if you're, you know, starting a family or anticipate starting a family. Once you have if you have a family, if you if you decide to have kids and you have kids, everything becomes more scarce in terms of time and you have to be so delicate so delicate with everything and intentional so you know fortunately you you seem you seem to have things figured out in terms of like what excuses you could pull out of your po- uh, back pocket right to to try and uh scout on the market and everything so yeah man uh thank you for sharing that i know it's it's not easy for for anybody to be transparent right about the the way the the waves of emotions that we're going through and learning how to manage and, and come back and, and it sounds and I'm I'm super happy for you you know like for you to be able to come back with that kind of veracity like uh, uh just like that it, that intent and focus that's that's a very rare attribute that people don't have nowadays especially because you know people kind of just cave and move on and you know mope but you know like you said you you've got that experience you're back you you came back and you made it count i appreciate that bro and like it's cool that you say that because you know there's a lot of people that will say to you like well you missed it you know you should tune out like that's it and you know you got to listen to your gut and be like no i can still make it like and i think it literally comes down to one moment where you know you have that liquidity and like there's something there that you know is worthwhile and we don't really see that kind of market action now which kind of sucks which is why i also think that like it's more kind of suited for collecting in a sense but you know like back then vivi had it was kind of that magic place where it was like a casino except even better (laughs) when like it was rigged in your favor if you knew what you were doing right and uh so it, it's cool, man. Like, you know, and the, my one of my biggest mentors says to me that this cool quote is always like, the, you know, the only thing that stays the same is change. And I think that's the only thing really that does is like you got to be able to move with the times and create new opportunities with that, within new circumstances, you know continuously in order to be good and to improve and so yeah i think that's i appreciate you saying that man yeah i i love that question mr v because it it is a question that not many people think about but people should be thinking about that particular question because sometimes like for us we spend so much of our time and resources 
as in time and money into VV, right? But then in real life, you have other priorities that will will have like that will force you to make that decision. For, like for you, chat. Oh, you need money for a new house for a, a wedding. You have to sell your tarts, your secret spider-man, even though you know that if you were to wait for another six months for a year, right, that could five, six x, ten x easily, and it did, right. Yeah. Uh, and and then like for you, Mister V, you 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 just welcome your your second child. You have to get ready for your child as well. So there's all these decisions. And then I also like your question on like the the mental health aspect. Not many people talk about it, but the thing is like we all have lost a lot of money, right? And especially during 2022, when everything tanked, like the stock market, crypto, NFT tanked. That's when personally for me, I had so many doubts, I had so many questions. I was like, oh man, what if I sold my VV NFTs at the top? Then I wouldn't have to be struggling like this. You know all these what if questions that that kind of like agonize me for a few months, and I bet it's the same for many other people. Many things have recovered since then, but what I've learned to help me the most is like looking at the the fundamentals, like the the, the things you talk about in your in your videos, Chad. Like, oh, this is the first appearance of Batman, Spider Man, Superman. These characters that have that came out almost a hundred years ago. And they can only come out digitally or physically. Like, like there's no way for us to trace back to the first ever Batman physical statue ever produced, right? There's no way to certify that. Maybe it's like 100 years ago, but we know that the first official digital collectible of Batman, let's just say Batman, for example, or Spider-Man, is within our vault. So, like, I personally, I, I looked at these these fundamental ideas. That you talk a lot uh, in your video, and that that really helped me to to get through it and 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 stick around VV. And also something that I realized before this call is that, and something you guys both mentioned early on was like we both came to VV from the crypto space, right? Mm-hmm. And then in back in crypto, we all in 2021, everybody had this expectation of oh, if I were to buy this coin, it's gonna go three, four x. 100x, right? So a lot of people, myself included, carry we carry that mentality, that expectation to VV because I bought ADA at zero point uh, uh, at 80 cent and I watched it go up to three dollars. So I was expecting that 3x in VV as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then and then that that really high expectation, you know, didn't help me to sleep well at night. But then I realized, like before this call, oh, we are. Or doing this call on Zoom, right? Zoom was created to do one thing, which is to provide probably the best conference call service. Uh, but then the thing about VV is that VV has so much potential that we just put all of these ex- uh, of these expectations on a small company with so many few people, right? Like for mm-hmm. Zoom, it's only video call, but for VV, it's the OMI token, it's the collecting, it's the trading, it's the metaverse. So right. there's all these products that that they have to build, and all these ex- expectations from the community. So for me, when I try to make these comparisons to other companies that are doing really well, and I think, oh, you know what, VV has a long way to go. They have so much potential. If I adjust my expectations a little bit on the company and I focus on the fundamentals, then I will sleep a lot better at night because. Thing just take time, yeah. Right. I love that. Well, and I think you know the the thing I take away from that is like, sure, there's like a risk to collecting, but like the risk not to collect, in my opinion, oh, yeah. on VV is even greater, right? Because it's like at these low price points, it's like even if it doesn't work out, what do you lose? Maybe you know tens of thousands at most, right? But if it like does work out, you know, you could be looking at like some gains that might not even be fathomable at this point in time. So that's the other piece to this that I'm like, it's a risk, but it's like it doesn't feel that big of a risk, you know especially if you're smart about how much you put in yeah it it takes money to make money right right yeah so chat i know that in the past you mentioned how one of your biggest mistakes was selling i think your secret rare spider-man or something like that what are so one question that i always like to ask the guests is what are some recent mistakes that you make or did you or if you don't consider mistakes what are some recent things that you think you can do better maybe in the past few months for example yeah so here's an interesting dynamic is that like because 
you know, like similar to you guys, like we're influencers, you don't really have the same luxury of like flipping around if you're like, you know, talking about the importance of something. So as an example, yeah. like, you know, if I wasn't connected to Vivi right now in a, in a way that like, not that I'm connected, like I obviously don't, uh, I'm not associated with them in any way, but like I promote a lot of like their NFTs and I'm excited about their future and stuff like that. But, you know, if you, like I would probably be just doing pure ROI right now. Like if I was like being honest with you guys, I'd be probably flipping out of things, getting gems, running the floor on like a kid called beast flipping that getting into ai coins flipping out of that just literally just being like a complete flipper just trying to like maximize opportunity if i didn't have any association right so i think that's sometimes like a difficult part to this is like because i could see it like i could see when somebody like an influencer is like oh this is an important comic or this is an, and you see the floors run up so you realize like the power people have and so i think it's just being like mindful of that and and so i think that's kind of difficult because sometimes i'm like oh man like i'm kind of like locked in this and like the mcp is coming and like i don't like for me i don't know i never really cared about the mcp because i never saw the incentive great enough to like actually want me to like be one of the top collectors because it's like the you may I think get like a bronze ticket or something if you can guarantee a drop if you have like 50,000 Omi and like a pretty massive collection and I was just like okay like you know we already have significant IP like what else am I going to want wait can I, can I can I stop you real quick yeah so I I know that yeah that I I do agree with you that it's harder for you to play the bucket especially when people know who you are so let's say that you are the non-YouTuber guy, you are just a random guy, average Joe somewhere in Canada. What would you do now in the VV market that you feel like you cannot do as a VV YouTuber? Like, can you tell me some trades that you would love to do to do now with a uh, with like a second account without any pressure from from anybody? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, so it's actually interesting, like right now, because it's a bear market, and I feel like we are kind of bottoming out in a sense, I would probably do something similar, like in the fact, because there's not market action anymore, we can't really trade, like before mm -hmm. you could trade and like, you know, do some kind of like, hey, I have this mint and that, right? But now it's a little bit different. So for me, you know, I'd actually be looking to get into collectibles that I think are like undervalued. And I've got like a long list of those. So what I've said to people before is when NFTs were like dropped in the bull market, people bought them at like a high price. And then more people are holding the bag at that price. So they don't want to sell for a loss, which in my opinion, kind of artificially inflates the floor relative to like an important IP that like came out in the bear market. So I'll give you an example. Like if we look at like Obi-Wan Kenobi, it's like a top five Star Wars character. And again, I'm not like, I'm definitely not trying to make a, I'm just using a hypothetical. But what I'm saying is that that dropped in a bear market. And like, you know, I look at like, oh, if that would have dropped in like a bull market, like Obi-Wan Kenobi, maybe people would have saw that as a pretty significant grail. You know, Darth Vader, the same kind of thing. And so I look at it kind of like, you know, what other nfts have dropped now that like just people aren't like recognizing and what analysis can i make to like identify those ones so another one that i'm like really excited about is like the ultra rare af15 because I'm like, that only has 500 editions. It's a hundred fewer than Marvel Comics number one, yet it's a thousand dollars. And the, you know, real life comic is worth like three million bucks. And I'm like, okay, that seems like a pretty good potential opportunity, you know? So I think there's like, that's kind of what I'm doing is like identifying what are things that like haven't just been talked about really by influencers. And maybe if we do have mass markets again, like what would actually get bought up really quickly and i think something like that would make sense in my mind so that's just a few examples i think yeah yeah and i think flipping man flipping is like it, you know you see a lot of guys do it there's a lot of people that like go in because you, you know people are going to get emotional about ip they love it and the issue is is that there's always going to be people that will take advantage of that like they'll go in and they'll be like oh i know you love darth vader let me yeah darth vader to the moon and then like they're simultaneously selling them and so i think it's just being like mindful that like there are going to be people that when you do buy a new collectible that like aren't in it potentially like us that actually want to own it that are just like capitalizing off emotions so it's different than like a coin or a stock because you know people have like a sentimental value attached to it yeah so w another question that i did have however i think you kind of clarified already is if you had to choose between the omi token or collectibles which one would you like and you could not 
touch the other, which one would you lean more toward and why? But I think your your response to that, to Will's question was uh, loaded enough. Yeah, but I, I think it's still a great question. And, and, you know, some people would probably choose the other because they'd be like, Omi's success is tied to Vivi's success. And therefore, like, you know, if you put your money in the coin, you don't have to think about which things to buy and all that stuff, right? Um, but yeah, like for me, it's the collectibles because I think that there's only going to be some winners and a lot of losers. And and that's why, like, I think it's actually a more of a calculated game than than just collect what you love you know if you're just collecting like lumpy space princess as an example like i'm not sure if we're gonna have like you know big time collectors that i want to gonna come in here and spend like 50 eth on lumpy space you know what i mean and so it's just like understanding like popularity scarcity historical significance first appearance you know what the audience is like within crypto and all these different components that like would actually play into like a price point rising so i think like there it's actually a pretty cool game for people that understand it because they're like oh i know Oh, like you like i'm sure you guys have the same thing you're just like i know this is undervalued and i can see this running up and nobody has to say anything you just know that that will be the like evolution and every now and then you get it wrong but for the most part it is pretty easy to do that like miles morales is that perfect example like i saw that and i was like three to four k i was like yep like i'm making an entry you know a lot of people would have disagreed with me but i was like oh i see him as the next gen spider-man 258 editions is super scarce it looks badass I feel like there'd be enough people that would like it. And so you make these gut decisions, but for the most part, they pay off when you understand the game. Yeah. And I think it's you know our responsibility to put this out there, but anyone listening right now, this is not financial advice. <laughs> Never on research, right? But I, I wholeheartedly agree with you. Uh, with the OMI token, it's all or nothing, right? It's either going to do well or it may not do well. I'm not saying one way or I'm not saying it. I'm not saying either one way or another, right? But with the digital collectibles, you can diversify. You can spread yourself out however you like. And that's the that's the great thing about it too. And also, if you are a collector, you know, and as long as you're not over leveraged, you'll you may end up with a really cool animated collectible or, you know, stationary collectible or digital comic, you know, so they're very cool. They're very cool collectibles and comics, right? And you could, I mean, they all have a story to them too, about how you got them, uh, the pictures that you take with them in different settings. That's that there, you can engage with them, right? Mm. The only token is just going to sit there. Right. That's, not to say that it could give you a great return, but you know, there's a little more emotional attachment to the collectibles and comics right so there is there is some there is some value to that yeah that's some great points man like there's that social capital aspect like you said like growing a fan base growing following showing other people you know your your collectibles in ar it's really cool and i think the other piece of that like you know i think you which you made really clear is like you know the only token it's like if somebody is like hey would you like to invest into like my comic book store and like over time i think it's going to grow and like you know we're going to have more and and like the business and i'd be like you know sure and then he was like well you could also invest into like af 15 hawk number one and like whatever and they're worth like maybe 10 to fifteen thousand at the time i'd be like oh yeah i'm definitely like <laughs> screw your business like i'm investing to that and and because i think the roi is much higher and so like that's kind of how i see like omi is like i see omi is like the business and not to say that like i don't think vv is going to be successful but if it's not amazon i guarantee you that like af 15 is still going to really matter you know what i mean so that's kind of like how i see it I am an Omi guy. <laughs> so, oh, nice. <laughs> so, and, oh, okay. Oh, well, I said I am an Omi guy because I've been DCing Omi for like two years now. And my Omi bag is is bigger than my VV bag. And I, I do see like the pros and cons of Omi and collectibles as well. And I think this is a very interesting time for everybody to diversify. So the reason why I want to, to chime in is because there are potentials in Omi, not not financial advice whatsoever. And I think if Vivi can execute Omi well, OUP, then it has a higher ceiling than many than the than the majorities of the collectibles on the app. Not financial advice whatsoever. But again, like Vivi has so many things that they need to work on now, so it's hard to say which one will actually make it. Yeah, before this call, well. In our previous episodes too, I and Mr. V talked about uh, about stacking because this is a bear market, right? So there are certain collectibles that we really like that are such a really good price right now that we, we've been talking about, oh, you know what? I've been stacking on this X collectible because the price is so good and I, and I believe in it. I Have you been stacking on 
have have you been stacking any collectible in particular? You don't have to name name. You can you can just say, oh, you know what? This I'm 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 stacking this comic or this collectible. Yeah. So I think you know first I just want to. Uh, mentioned like i really liked what you said about omi you know of course this is like my opinion and so yeah. like, you know there's there's a lot of other people like i'm not saying that's the right thing because you could be like more right than me and all of a sudden you have a 100x and i'm sitting here on a two and 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 like you have all this utility with it and like I, you know there's a lot of like there's a big roadmap you know for omi right and so i just i just want to make sure that people don't take that in the wrong way that I'm, I'm fighting Omi. I'm just saying, if you know, if I had to choose, like the question stated, I, I would choose the collectibles. Yeah, yeah, more yeah. so also because I'm a collector. Like I know that better as I don't know the coin as well as somebody else that understands, you know, markets and and that kind of thing might, might choose Omi. And then, yeah, man, I'm stacking for sure. So like, you know, I don't mind sharing. Like, I, I again, I don't know if I like, maybe is that going to look bad if I'm sharing exactly what I'm stacking? Like, I'm not trying to pump it. Uh, but maybe just, just say like, like, oh, I'm stacking this. Well, totally up to you but yeah. if you don't want too much trouble just say oh i'm stacking this marvel nft or like yeah. dc or whatever yeah yeah cool so i'm definitely stopping uh, stacking some marvel comics like gold age comics that i feel like you know are undervalued and that people kind of like for whatever reason are just kind of like overseeing and then i'm also trying to look at like what things are like uh overvalued as well relative to these other comics right like i think that's one thing mm. that i've noticed too is like sometimes you're looking and you're like wait a second like this is ten thousand editions that's ten thousand editions but like you know cgc and go collect says that this is worth like four times the amount of that one so it's like i'm just trying to be like accurate in terms of like what the in real life value is and some people say that's like a shallow way of uh looking at an nft but i think it's more just like a safe way it's like kind of like you know taking as much information as you can get but the other thing that i think is interesting is like a lot of older people that want gold age comics may mm. not be into digital collecting so like it might be a lot of like younger people that are like presuming that like they're going to get the masses come in because these gold age comics have like you know huge price points but potentially it's like the new things that are like more modern that you know we can expect in 10 years that like people our age are going to be interested in so you know nobody really knows for certain uh but i am trying to look at like what is the in real life value of these and if these are like now a market share then you know can we presume that they will like kind of follow so that's the stuff like comics collectibles you know like even like daredevil like top 15 uh comic character and you know like there's only like 2000 editions of the fa and i'm like it's under retail by like you know 10 bucks i'm like that seems like potentially something that like people will want like you know what i mean and i'm, I'm not saying it's going to go to the moon but i'm just thinking like if we do get another bull cycle it seems like a safe bet that at least go over retail for something that's that popular as an example you know right so you you did mention before very valid reasons for liquidating your collectibles uh, for the wedding and and buying a house, which is, you know, kudos to you. And, you know, at the end of the day, you're set. And, you know, I don't think that it's it's all all that bad, especially now with the market retracing quite a bit. Right. Right. But let's say now that you've already addressed those areas, under what circumstances do you think you would find yourself liquidating again? So, like, let's say most mm -hmm. people... Have, let, let's say, let's pretend that most people have thought through what their exit strategy is, much like how people have an exit strategy for crypto or other assets or stocks or, or what have you, right? Have you ever put any thought into what your next big event in life would would be that would cause you or, or make you want to exit your position mm. with maybe? Yeah. So I think like there's like a few things. Like I think like we're all still like they're they're great at like dangling those carrots in front of us because, you know, I think we're all still bullish on like the VV verse. But like if I'm being like, you know, if I'm actually understanding what that means, like I think that's like five years out minimum to like even get to a place that's actually like interactive and you're walking down a street and you're seeing your friends, you're showing off your Lamborghini, et cetera. And so I think that's just like understanding like what that long term vision is. And and so like, you know, even though VV's like we're in phase one, we're in phase two, we're in phase three and like you're getting these little snippets i do think it's like a long time and i'm i'm bullish on like renting so like my thing is is like i'm trying to collect things that i think are going to be rentable and i don't think that the most rentable things are going to have like hundreds of thousands of editions and be not popular ip i think it's going to be things that like nobody can really get and therefore want to rent and so that's that's why i'm like always interested in like these bigger pieces and i'd rather have few bigger like p 
pieces than like just a ton of smaller things, even though they're more liquid. Uh, in terms of like an exit strategy, there's a few things that would get me like really off kilter. One of them is like if Ethereum isn't like the main network that like people start to gravitate towards. So like if like all of a sudden Zilliqa or like Cardano or like people start to like use other blockchains more predominantly. And then there's like another huge competing platform like Vivi that has all these licensors, but like I've used them in like games and all of a sudden are like, this is the first Spider-Man Miles Morales and like a game that like is a play to earn game on this new network. That's like way better than Ethereum that like, it's not going to have the same gas fees and whatever, then like things can shift pretty damn quick where like some of these things may not have the same weight. And like, unlike the only physical world that we're in, like metaverses may start to change in the future or like blockchains might start to change. So it's not like, like I said, the thing, like, you know, if there's one thing that stays the same, it's changed. Like, I do think that like blockchain and crypto and all that stuff could really start to get like, you know, different quickly. So I think that's one thing that would cause concern for me. I think the second thing that causes concern is the go chain thing. Like I said before, like I, I do think that needs to be cleared up in order to have that like permanence long-term. And I guess like the last thing would be like, if like a lot of these promises that were kept didn't kind of come to fruition, like if there wasn't renting, if there wasn't burning, if we, the VV verse was more just like not a thing that kind of came to be. And if this just became like just a continual perpetual, uh, you know, NFT machine where it was just like, buy this, buy this, buy this. And there wasn't enough like for the holders. Like, I think we're all kind of hoping for more and, and we know that we're going to get it. And we've seen BB deliver. It's just been slow. But I think if that like ever turns the page and we're like, Hey, it's actually not like that now, then I would be like, okay, maybe, you know, you got to know when to cut your losses too and, and move on. So, so yeah, those things would change, I guess, my perspective. Yeah. Very cool. Mm-hmm. You know, for the record, I'm not trying to FUD BB yeah. or like lure you to, uh, to exit or anything like that or, or, sure. or cause panic. Yeah. Uh, like, uh, you know, just if it show if anything shows how bullish I am and confident I am in the project, I was working on a doctorate and I was a third of the way through wow. and with my studies. There was a there was a direct correlation to what BB was developing, BB and Akomi and how they were connected. That that was enough research based information, peer reviewed articles, things of that nature. I, I wrote a whole lot. I wrote a whole lot of papers, spent countless, countless, countless nights writing and, and deep diving into text. And, uh-huh. you know, I think it's the perfect marriage of what people are seeking in real life, but with greater ease of access at the tip of our fingers, at the tips of our fingers. Right. So, you know, I am, um, I'm, I'm pro Vivi, pro, pro only. <laughs> yeah. All of that. Yeah. Know? And I think that's an important thing to highlight. And I think we all really are, you know, but I think what I love is like the opportunity to like positively critique and like refine and also like play devil's advocate because you just never know. And I'm the same way as you. Like, I'm like, man, if there's anything that's going to pop, it's got to be this stuff. It's like the familiar IP. It's completely accessible. It's in augmented reality. You know, like they've basically hidden all the back end crypto stuff behind the curtains for us so that it's just like we just walk in and we're like, whoop de doo, I've got an NFT. And like, <laughs> you you know, you don't really understand like that. You most people are going on like pancake swap and like, you know, risk being scammed and all these different things, uh, putting their stuff on cold storage. So like VV is like making it easy for the world, just like Apple made technology easy and you know like the smartphone user now like everyone could be an influencer because like everything's available at your fingertips you know so that's how i see vivi like i think they've countered the market and i think that they to me like they they hit the licensors first with this first on chain stuff and i think like that's what seals the deal despite future uh nft projects having other licenses with them so yeah man i'm I'm bullish too so i just want to reiterate that because i (laughs) you know just in case uh I didn't paint that picture. Excellent. Excellent. So I know I kind of had some pretty dense questions, uh, may have cornered you quite a little bit. So I hope to kind of like step back a little bit and maybe bring, lighten the tone. So we've all been on the market before. We've all had some pretty solid finds. What would you say? Wait, wait, actually, can I say something? Uh, since we're on the topic of playing the devil's advocate and looking at VV's weaknesses from an unbiased perspective, can I add something? Yeah. Okay. 
Okay, so I'm very bullish on Vivi. And so I go to work nine to five. Well, when I get up from seven to like nine, then I work on Vivi content. After nine, uh, after I'm, I'm done with work, I exercise and then I spend evening working on Vivi content. So I'm, I'm super bullish on it. And one weakness, but you know, we have to look at this company from different angles, right? Because we have to be pragmatic about it. So one weakness that I hope they can address or overcome that nobody have talked about before uh, is during when I was doing do, uh, doing my research on VV for the content of the podcast, I found that there are five venture capital firms that publicly invested in VV. So you can find a record of these firms invested in VV online. There are five of them. I don't think they disclose any private individual investor, but there are five VC firms, uh, Pow Capital, uh, Block 54, Blackbird, Fantails Venture, and Ush Capital, U-U-S-H. And the, 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 the weakness that I see is that for a lot of tech startups, because Vivi is basically a tech startup, right? How you succeed depends a lot on the, the backing that you have, you know, be it financial backing, relationships within the industry, technical expertise, you know, support, all these kind of things. And one weakness I see from Vivi is that out of the five VC firm, two, two firms are like the, are like one person VC firm. Uh, especially Ush Capital, U-U-S-H, is ran by this guy from New Zealand. So it's, it's, it's one person. And another one is uh, Fantail Ventures, which invested in VV back in 2018. It's ran by this guy, John T. Kelt, which is pretty, uh, yeah, which is also a one-person firm. And then Block 54 is another pretty small firm based in Poland. So it's not very well known within the tech spheres. And then... So that's three. And then Power Capital is actually a pretty interesting case because Power Capital has been around since 1996. So it's, it has that uh, track record. It also has somebody who is uh, a big whale within the VV community that I'm not sure if I can name name, but I think they're very heavily invested and they understand VV. And the last one is Blackbird, which is the biggest VC fund uh, ever in uh, Australia. So that over like last November, Blackbird raised $650 million and that got them to be the biggest VC firm in Australia. But basically out of five VC firms invested in VV, only two, I think, can really have that support that would take VV to where it needs to be. And in one of the, so I did some, like I went through a rabbit hole and I found a few videos of David and Dan pitching to these VC firms. These videos are on YouTube and one, uh, two challenges that David mentioned, uh, that he really struggled with two biggest challenges were first hiring. So he, like he had problems hiring the right people to do the job, uh, because VV is small. There's not a whole lot of funding. And the task is huge, right? They're trying to build so many things. That's the biggest problem. The second biggest problem were fundraising. So they didn't, back then, back in 2021, they didn't have enough money to execute what they want to execute. Because if you look at the potential of VV, there's the OMI token, there's the metaverse, there's, you know, keeping up with all these partners like Disney and DC and all that. So you need that development work, you need the infrastructure, you need that funding, that support to do it. And they didn't have it back then. And one concern that I had was like, okay, this is a startup, their, their ceiling, their potential is limitless. They have the right, the right idea, the right partner, the right founders, and the right advisors, Alfred Khan, right? I was just afraid that, and this is not me fudding because I'm super bullish on Vivi. I was just afraid that they may get burned out because they are small, but they want to become a giant too quickly. And, and I hope that's not the case. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I mean, those are all like fascinating points. And I, I mean, I didn't even hear about, about all that stuff with like, I, I saw the video that you created actually, but I didn't know like all the details, like you just explained so eloquently. So, you know, I would say there's a few things like I also share that same concern with like the size of the team. Like I do think that it's small and I think it's good that they're like starting to you know uh increase those numbers like with like old rhubarb like ryan as an example coming in from kind of the social media side mitch from the blockchain side but you know i would even amplify that by like tenfold that like they do a good job but like the drops and keeping up with that but like to scale the business you yeah, need to like scaling. actually and 
yeah, like you need to invest and you need those kind of investors to like be like, okay, like let's actually look at that VV verse and like see how we can potentially gamify some of these these NFTs and like Marvel Mighties. And it seems almost like a pipe dream right now because, uh, but you know, I'm hoping that like, the other thing too to this is like at any moment, if like Disney, Marvel, Star Wars, like Lamborghini, all of them all decided simultaneously to make a push for VV on like their marketing side of things, I'm like, I would be scared shitless to see the amount of new users come in because like imagine every day you wake up and like disney's like make sure to watch this movie and then go to vivi and buy in canada you know like we don't care about bruno no. like, <laughs> and like they're saying go to vivi like that stuff would fly so i think i think it's like it's like everyone's staying quiet about vivi right now and like some people are trying to suppress it and other people are just like scared to let the hat off but i think it's because all the walls aren't up yet and they don't want to like, you know, have everybody coming in with their pants are down. You know what I'm trying to say? They're like, they're right now still growing and they don't want to be exposed because they like still need to close some things up and like kind of ensure that their identity is perfected. And I think like all their big licensors are probably understanding that same message that it's like they, they need to like ensure that like all the parts are working great. And then they're going to be like, okay, let's like onboard the masses. Cause like I said, man, one flip of the switch with Disney alone, you know what I mean? Like imagine like having a V booth at like disneyland every day you go in to buy physical merch and then right there you're like oh and then if you want the corresponding mint like make and you scan have, like, this right exactly and you have like a vv yeah. disney person that's like hi how are you like collectors <laughs> at heart you know and you're like it's only 13 dollars to buy this i'd be like oh shoot like let me buy it like you know what i'm trying to say so like if they really like if, if things go our way like i said it literally could be like a worldwide sensation so that's what i pray for at night you know what i mean so, yeah <laughs> yeah man yeah all right mr v you you can uh, get started with your sniping question yeah so uh just real simple simply put we've all had some really good finds in the marketplace since having started what would you say was your best snipe and did you keep that collectible or comic or did you flip it and other parts of that question is if you did flip it what did you do with those profits? Hmm. If I may know, if we may know. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe I won't get into like specific mint numbers, but I could talk about like what I did. So like a few, like, I guess there's a lot of different flips. Like, so, you know, like, I think I talked about Disney week already, but you know, some of the partner statues that I bought were like all like low mints. And so like, I was buying them anywhere from like four to like six or 7,000. And then I'd be flipping them from like 20 to 30,000. And, you know, I did that a lot. And then some of those profits went back into like a Spider-Man. And I remember at the time, I think it was like December and everyone's like, oh, the cash out's coming and just me knowing Vivi I was like no it's gonna be a while <laughs> and so I knew we still had some time and I knew like the bull market was still there so that's why I bought like Spider-Man back I think it was at 17,000 and the guy we had like this little banter on Twitter he's like I'm you know he's like this is the top like that's it and I was like no buddy you're it's just getting started <laughs> and uh and so you know I, I think I won that bet but I didn't sell it right at the top. You know, I did sell it a little bit later, but it wasn't at the top. And uh, yeah, man, like, like, so that's probably some of them. And I'd say like just the little things like, you know, finding those like right after drops, that's when like the, well, back in the day, that's when like the market was like establishing. And like now, because all the people that are here are like the diehards and the loyal people that most of them understand mints. I've noticed like there's fewer people making mistakes, but back in the day with the noobs, that was the best because you just like literally filter <laughs> from low to high and you just wait and then somebody always just for whatever reason just felt like listing the low man at the floor and you'd be like boom and then every now and then you get like a special win or but yeah like i'd say like you know definitely some pretty some pretty big moves i'd still say that hat was probably like my best flip because i didn't have a lot going in that was kind of like when i had to like i told you like reestablish myself and i was like okay i've got to focus in and just like get into this and wait for opportunities so i was just like on the market on the market and i remember as soon as the hat dropped like I was like, I had to be the first one in the market because I was seeing like the first few hats come in. And as soon as I saw that, like it was like, like my, I went so fast that my phone literally went gray for like a minute. And then I had to like re-enter the app and then I saw that I had it. And then I was like, okay. And that reinitiated everything, you know? And I think like, like just capitalizing in those like immediate markets 
was where like that most money could be made. And it's so crazy to think that like you could make thousands of dollars within seconds. And I, I never forget my brother and I, man, like afterwards we went to like a Tim Hortons after we made like 20 K and we're like, man, I feel so bad because I'm like that guy at Tim Hortons is like spending this whole year working there. And I just made his salary in four minutes, you know? And I'm like, that's how, you know, in this world. And again, like, I'm not trying to brag about that because there's lots of people that make, you know, my salary now. And the Cristiano Ronaldo walks on the field he makes more money than I make in a year but I'm just saying that like it it gave me the insight to be like oh my god like there's crazy opportunities you know out there and I'm one one I'll just tell you quickly that like Carson my brother was like so good at flipping man and one of the coolest trades that he did was like a UR DeLorean uh and I'll be honest, back in the day when there was no secondary market, we just like would make up stories and stuff. So we'd be like, oh, like, this was before we had a YouTube channel. But I remember he was like, oh, yeah, he had like a UR DeLorean and it was like a sub 100 or something. And uh, the guy offered him like 500 bucks and which was like pretty good at the time. And my brother's like, oh, are you like, are you an idiot? He's like, I wouldn't let this go for less than five. Right. And the guy was like, oh, like, how come you want it? And he's like, dude, he's like, do you understand where these sub 100s are going? It's the first <laughs> car. He like listed like just a list of things like first car. You are like huge fan base. Like, you know, and anyways, the guy dropped him like, I think it was like 4K USDT uh, for oh. it. Yeah. So I feel bad for this guy now, whoever bought that. But like, you know, like that's what I'm saying. When the, when the market was being established, nobody knew like, you know, maybe that guy would have made the right decision just like when i was buying spider-man at 17k at the time was a good move now it wouldn't be but like understanding those cycles so it was just it's shit like that that it, this is the whole reason i created like the nft pirates because that was like why we were like you know, <laughs> we were, like pirates in the crypto baby like we were like in the open sea like taking down boats you know what i'm trying to say oh okay. <laughs> yeah man Making Not money right. on VV and then going to uh, Team Horn to celebrate. That's like, <laughs> that's the most Canadian VV <laughs> celebration ever. Yeah, yeah. 100%. <laughs> and I'll just share the whole reason why my brother and I were so connected in that is I was living at a condo downtown Toronto and uh, I like had an ACL surgery. So while I had that ACL surgery, we bought a house, my wife and I, and then we went and lived with my parents for like six months while my brother was like living there while our house was being built and while I was recovering from my surgery. And so like, that's also why I had the like, I guess the wherewithal or the insight to like get into VVS because I also had nothing to do. And I was like, all right, let's let, and then we, we kind of found that together. So it was kind of a, it was a fun period of life. You know? Yeah, that that's awesome. So looking forward, what us maybe one or two things that you are most excited for regarding VV or OMI within the past, oh, sorry, within the next 12 months. Amazing. One thing I could say for sure is like more clarity on like what like potentially renting would look like. And if we could actually see like even like a bit of a, a built out, even if it's like a preliminary plan would be really, really exciting for me because I think that's like where I see a potential for like passive income. So like actually, you know, being able to like rent out like, like say NFTs for even if it's like pennies on the dollar a day, but it's still something where like, even if you're making like $3 and 50 cents a day on like renting things out for whatever reason, but I'm like, I want to know why, like, like why would they even want to like you know talk about that and so i'm like i know like gamification is probably like a long ways away but i was thinking about like what if within the vvverse that like you know renting opens up like new locations or like you need to if you need to get into like star wars land you need a star wars nft or if you want to get something on the drop you know you need to have a certain collectible or you know if you want this skin you have to be able to access this location that only this one nft can do so like i'm like what are those things so that I could start building out in my head to see like what the potential strategy is. And, you know, there's a lot of unknowns. Like we talked about, like what if hoverboards, anybody who's stacking hoverboards is really the one that's going to make it because everyone drives around on hoverboards instead of cars, you know? So like, these are the kind of questions that I'm trying to understand. So I'm excited about that. Uh, and I guess like the second thing that I'm excited about is, you know, some, some of these other verticals, like right now we just have uh, like obviously like the characters and the comics, but I'm like, you know, sports, I, I'd still like to see, I know like the NFL thing didn't work out, but I'm like, it'd be cool to see if there's something there. And then also like if we ever get Pokemon, which, you know, they've joked around about so much, <laughs> which makes me realize that like, they're maybe like, they're either like complete trolls 
or or there's like actually something more to meets the eye here and if i was a betting man i'd be like i think there's something that more that than meets the eye and so if that ever happens i guarantee you right now despite the world sentiments on bb and it being cold storage etc the whole fucking world would come into this logan paul would be here all those guys talking crap about vivi would be interested because you know it's it's pokemon at the end of the day and somebody everybody is going to want a piece of the action for that so yeah i think those are just like a few things that you know get my blood boiling and in terms of like what are those next steps like i said to you before the mcp i think it's a way to balance out the system i i think like what all that means to me is like grails are a little cheaper and things that don't really matter a little more expensive and you know you have more of like this balanced even keel system or people that have bigger collections to get more opportunity but that's not really me like i said because i've always been focused on on those like gold bricks yeah thank you chat um thank uh, we really appreciate you being here and share your stories and mistakes uh, especially mistakes because that is something that people don't really talk about so publicly because multiple reasons they don't want to they don't want it to hurt your their credibility or whatsoever but i think you sharing your mistakes selling certain collectibles too early or paying too much for some will help many people to save them a lot of money and and i personally really appreciate your vision on what vv needs to do and also the future of the company in general and its true potential so super grateful to have you here today man super grateful to, to be here and congratulations to your guys awesome podcast and you know, you guys have such tremendous insight into the space. And, you know, I could tell just like it was such a natural conversation because we all have such passion. We all just want to continue to talk about this stuff. And like, these are questions that, you know, I was really impressed with because I felt like they were unique and they were just like very novel. And I feel like you guys are like, you know, really unraveling new things that a lot of people aren't talking about. And so I guess like to all the you know, people listening in right now, you know, make sure to to continue to follow these guys' journey because I think they're really, you know, able to open up these secrets and and you know uncover new treasure chests that you know <laughs> things that I'm not even like. What, what what are you talking about, venture capitalists? You know what I'm trying to say? So, uh, so thanks for having me on. It was it was honestly a blast. That is it, everybody. Thank you so much for tuning in. I hope you've enjoyed our conversation with Chad or NFT Pirate. Don't forget to go check him out on YouTube and Twitter. And last but not least, don't forget to give this episode a like, drop a comment down below a review and subscribe so you don't miss out on the actionable and valuable insights everything vv and omen related i hope to see you again next time peace